all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. Give me the word. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. It's right there on the screen. I am blessed because the life-giving message I'm about to hear will change what I do in Jesus' name. So, God, we capture this atmosphere in the building and online. That means, God, we take it captive and we declare that the Spirit of the Lord is moving in this atmosphere. That means, Father, we rebuke every distraction. We rebuke every heavy thing that would get in the way of your people receiving your word. But we say where the Spirit of the Lord is, the Bible says there is liberty. God, give us liberty today. Give us freedom today. Freedom from our mistakes, freedom from our failures, freedom from what we used to do, how we used to be, how we used to act, how we used to live. Now you do something new in us. Somebody say, Lord, I'm open and I'm ready for you to do something new in me. Come on, say it like you mean it, 1115. Say, I'm open and I'm ready for you to do something new in me. Say, because I believe the second half of 2021 will be way better than the first half in Jesus' name. For those of you that are radical enough to believe what you said, I need you to seal that with a shout, seal that with a clap, seal that with a praise. You're sitting next to a praiser. You're sitting next to a praiser. You're sitting next to a praiser. And praisers always have possession. Praisers always take possession. Hallelujah. Elbow somebody said, let me warn you. I'm only going to get more radical as the word proceeds. So, so if I'm too loud for you now, you might want to get up and go and get to another seat. Elbow somebody else say, I can't wait for this word. It's about to give me direction. Come on, grab a seat. Let's go to work. So here's our series. It's the kingdom in you. I teach in series at Harvest because my job as a shepherd is to chop up the word of God if it was food and then serve it to you in a way that it's digestible. It does not matter just to say eloquent words to give you eloquent speech 
or give you um, some great display of my ecclesiastical and scriptural knowledge. It's important for me that you get results in your life. God is not a God that's just interested in you talking the talk. God is a God that's interested in you walking the walk. In other words, you're not just going to say spiritual stuff. You're going to manifest some spiritual things. You're not just going to be the type of Christian that comes to church but never ever sees the God of the Bible manifest himself in your life. You are about to see what you've never seen. You're about to do what you've never done. You're about to possess what you've never possessed. For those of us that have got a tiptoe expectation that this second half is going to be way better, I keep having you repeat that. Why? So that you let the enemy know you should have got me when you had me. But, but it's too late now. Because the kingdom's about to manifest in my life. So I teach in series, and the series we've been in, our summer series, June and July, is called The Kingdom in You. Why? Because the kingdom is in you. Two points. Here it is. Number one, uh, we need Jesus. I don't know about you, but I don't know how people live without him. I need Jesus like a fish need water, like Hogan need dogs, like Bim needs Jerry's, like Six needs them flags. Watch me, watch me. Say, I need Jesus. So watch me, watch me. Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says this. And there is salvation in no one else. Check this out. Uh, there is not salvation in your job, your money, your 401k, your IRA. Watch me, your spouse, your children, your friendship. Watch me. It's not Muhammad. It's not Buddha. It's not the pyramids. It's not positive thinking. Let me, let me ask you this. People say, well, I just believe in manifesting. Well, you got to ask yourself the question, well, who put it there so that it can manifest in the... There is salvation in no one else. Check this out. Uh, for there is no other name under heaven given by which men must be saved. I am so grateful for Jesus. Why? Because he saved me not only from my external enemies, but he also saved me from my own internal enemies. Y'all better hear me. He was saved from enemies foreign and domestic. Uh, sometimes your greatest enemy is your enemy. And I'm so grateful that God has got the power to save you from yourself. Bishop, how do I know he saved me from myself? Because you would have committed suicide if it was up to you. You would have drunk yourself to death, smoked yourself to death, sexed yourself to death. You would have been dead and gone if it had not been for the Lord. I need to check this room and check online to see if there's any people that know. If it wasn't for God, you'd be out of here. Where you? If it was not for the Lord. You would have still been strung out had it not been God. You would have still been insecure had it not been God. Somebody say, I need him. 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 This is important to understand because sometimes you will look to your intellect to save you. But if intellect saved people, watch me, extremely intellectual people wouldn't be unstable. We, we live in a culture that wants to look to everything else but God when God is the only one that has a proven track record. See, let me tell you why it doesn't take much to get me to praise him because all I had to do was check his credit. And when I look back over my life and what he's done, his credit is good to me. Watch me. When you were a child, he kept you. As a teenager, he kept you. In your 20s, he kept you. In your 30s, he kept you. In your 40s, he kept you. In your 50s, he'll... Because let's be honest, it should be a whole lot worse. It should, like, you should be a total wreck. 
The stuff you've overcome. See, your neighbor's so good at not looking like what they've been through. You're streaming with people that are good and not looking what they've been through. Because watch me. The Bible says Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they went through a fiery furnace. It was seven times hotter than it normally was. But here's what the Bible says. When they came out, who met them in there? Jesus. Nebuchadnezzar looked and he said, watch me. I see another one in the fire with them. And he looks like God. Jesus stepped in the fire with them. And when Jesus steps in the fire with them, when they come out, the Bible says, watch me, they don't look like they've been in a furnace. They don't smell like fire and not even one hair of their head has been singed. What are you trying to tell me? Your neighbor is good and not looking like some of the hell that they've been through. But if you ever had lunch with them, you discover that's a whole miracle. You discover that's a whole curse breaker, line breaker, boundary breaker. Somebody say, I need the Lord. All right, but watch me. But then once we get saved, what happens next? For many people, salvation, especially in Americanized Christianity, salvation is the end. It's like, I got saved. Okay, check this out. If salvation was the goal, then once you're saved, you could die. Uh Uh-uh, I need you to listen. If the only goal of God was to give you salvation, that term is synonymous with being born again. That term is synonymous with, at Harvest, we use the term decision. Check me out. If that was the goal, once you got saved, there's no longer reason for you to live. Since you still have a pulse, God still has a plan. Which means salvation isn't the end, it's the beginning. When I give my life to the Lord, the Lord is like, now let's turn this world upside down. I need some of you to hear me. If having kids was all you were supposed to do when you had your children, you could die. If paying bills was all you're supposed to do when you got out of debt, you could die. I'm going to tell you there is life, watch me, still yet for you to live. I need you to open up your mouth say, he came that I might have life. Say, and I'm about to live like I've never lived before. I need some faith in this room. I'll go by myself, but I wish I could get a few of y'all to come with me. Say, he's got a, I say, I have a pulse, so he still has a plan. Salvation is not the ending. Salvation is the beginning. The beginning of what? The beginning, watch me, of us giving to the world what he gave to us. Of us manifesting, here it is, the kingdom. I've taught you so far in this series that Jesus, he placed the kingdom. God placed the kingdom in you and I. This is why when Jesus stepped on the scene, his messages were like, repent. Change your mind. That's what repent means. Repent doesn't mean say I'm sorry. Repent means change your mind so you don't have to be sorry again. There are a lot of people that apologize but never repent. Because you're sorry but you didn't change. I need you to elbow somebody and say I'm repenting not just apologizing. God I'm not just sorry for my sin. I repent for my sin. Repent. That means get back to the best version of myself. A penthouse is always the best version uh, of a unit in an apartment building or a condo building. Your penthouse is always better than the other ones. So when the scripture says repent, think of it this way. Get back to the best version of you. In other words, watch me. Don't beat yourself up, but I need you to lift yourself up. For some of you, you've made some mistakes we all have. You've had some failures we all have. We've screwed up we all have. But guess what? I need you to repent. What does that mean? Get back to the best version of your so after we're saved, now we have the responsibility of manifesting the kingdom. I've taught, taught it on Wednesday, taught it last night on the preview that I do on Instagram of what the word is going to be. So check this out. When Jesus steps in the scene and comes to the earth, Jesus comes to the earth during a specific time. Like He was strategic about when he came because for the first time in human history, we saw a different type of colonial expansion 
We saw a different type of, of empire building. See, up until that point when the Romans had occupation of Hebrew territory, every time one group of people wanted to conquer another group of people, here's what they do. They would pick those people up from where they were and move those people to their land. So throughout the Bible, watch me, when they were in Egypt, watch me, they were in Egypt, not their land. Watch me. When the Babylonians uh, conquered Judah, they, they moved Judah to Babylon. Check this out. But the Romans started doing something different. The Romans said, we don't just want to rule here. We want to expand our empire so that Rome covers the world. Check this out. So what Rome began to do is Rome would send governors and ambassadors and leaders to new territories, conquer those territories, and then teach the people that were there how to act like Rome. Hence the phrase, when in Rome do as Romans do. Check this out. But Rome had expanded so much that Rome wasn't just uh, uh, in what we look at as Rome today. Rome was throughout North Africa. Rome was out through Asia. Check the point. So when Jesus came for the first time in human history, we saw people were expanding their kingdom by by sending people to make where they were look like where they came from. You got that? All right, so check this out. So check this out. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Which means life did not begin for you at conception. Life began before conception because you existed before you ever had a body. God gave you a body to send you here. Watch me. Where did he send you from? He sent you from heaven to the earth to make the earth look like where you came from. I'm not trying to die to get to heaven. I'm living well to bring heaven down here. I wish you knew that your life is so much bigger than just paying bills and dying. You were sent to rule and to reign and to conquer and subdue. So, so what does that mean, manifest heaven on the earth? That means angels about to start flapping their rings and, 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 and you're about to see cherubim with flaming swords and all that. Because what does it mean to have heaven in the earth? Is it I'm about to see bright light everywhere? No, here's practically what this means. Here it is. There's three components to the kingdom. Number one, heaven's attributes in the earth. You were sent from heaven to manifest this in the earth. Which means stop letting your circumstances punk you. I need you to rise up and run that. Stop talking about what a system is against me. Run that. Yep. Stop talking about what they're trying to put they keep me down. Run that. I, I just need you to know you are so much more than what life has tried to reform you and deform you to think. I need you to know you're supposed to run that. So look, so look, so look. Heaven's attributes in the earth. Romans 14, 17. What is heaven's attributes in the earth? What does this mean? Here it is. Three, three basic principles. They're underlined on the screen. Righteousness. Say righteousness. righteousness. Peace. Say peace. peace. Joy. Say joy. Right, let's start with joy, because normally I start with righteousness. Let's reverse it. Here we go. Joy. It means you're to be glad and great. Glad, watch me, is an emotion of choice. So part of manifesting the kingdom means that I choose my emotions. I don't let my emotions run me. See, when I manifest the kingdom, here it is. This may make me mad and I want to holler. You ever looked at something that made you want to lose every bit of Christianity you ever? Okay, what? Where the real people at at the level? You ever looked at something or a situation that made you want to use all type of known tongues? Some of y'all confused about what known tongues are. It's words they'd have to beep out the CD, all right? Or the podcast. All right, watch me. So, so check this out. Part of manifesting the kingdom means I choose my emotion. 
which, which means, which means I, I choose how I feel about it. So the Bible says, and we know all things work together for the good of them that love them and are called according to his purpose. Check this out. Which means I choose to look at this. I, I get, oh my God, look at all this dirt. Oh God, here we go. Look at all this mess. I got to clean all this up. Or, or, since I picked my emotions, this is the perfect way for me to get started. This is the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I need you to learn how to look at the worst and say it's the best. I need you to learn how to look at what makes you want to cuss everybody out and say it is working together for my good. Where are the people that have learned how to choose your emotions? I'm not going to let my emotions punk me. Then look, watch me. Great. Everything you do, part of manifesting the kingdom, heaven's attributes in the earth, should be great. Not perfect, but great. See, can I tell you some of you all why you have haters? You have haters because you do greater. And whenever you do greater, you're always going to have haters. No one ever hates on average. And for some of y'all, they can't stand the fact that you keep being number one. They can't stand the fact that you keep bouncing back out of the stuff that you should be deflated. You should be some miserable cat lady sitting up in the, who am I? You should be some miserable man that's mad at the world. But instead, you keep doing greater. Elbow somebody next to you and say, that's all I know. That's all I know. And because I do greater, greater is my elevator. I, that's why favor finds me. I do greater. That's why revenue finds me. I do greater. That's why opportunity finds me. Say, I do greater. This, this is what it means. This is what it means. Joy. That's what that word means in Greek, the language of our New Testament. Now, let's back it up. Peace. Say peace. peace. So this is heaven's attributes. These, rather, are heaven's attributes in the earth. So peace is this word shalom. Can I get you to just get through the peace sign? Do the peace sign. Come on. Okay. Yeah. Let's take this out. Take this out. Here's what I love about that. All right. Is that peace is more than just. Here's how we think of peace. Silence. Here's how we think of peace. No warfare. Uh-uh, I need to tell you. Here's how we think of peace. No issues. But, but check this out. Check this out. What peace means biblically means nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. It didn't say all was right. It said everything's well. Which means even if somebody says, I don't want to be your friend no more. Well, I'm shalom. Nothing's missing. Thank you for freeing up this seat for me because I needed some. I didn't need to deal with no mark in my life. No, how I, I y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. But nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. Nothing is lacking. Come on, all is well. Say it. All is well. Let me say it. All is well. Well, Bishop, but it feels like something is lacking. Count again, boo. Bishop, it feels like something something is wrong in my life. Count again, sir. Count again, some Jesus. I've been using this story since we started this series. Two fish. Five loaves of bread. They had a Captain D's two fish, but they had the person at the door. They gave him some extra, uh, they gave him some extra hus puppies in there. Because you're only supposed to get two. Two of them. Right? Now watch me. Two fish, five loaves of bread. They say, Lord, this is not enough to feed this great multitude. There are thousands of people, uh, thousands of men, plus women and children. This is not enough. And what did Jesus do? He blessed it. He broke it. He gave it to them and said, now feed them with broken pieces. 
In other words, you don't even recognize what you have because you're so busy on telling God what you can't do that you don't even understand what you have is more than what you need. How do you know? Because after they fed thousands, they had 12 baskets of leftovers. And I'm going to tell me to tell, me to tell, tell somebody, somebody, stop saying, God, send it, send it. And instead, show me how to work what I got. I, show me how to work what I already have. Show me how to work what's already in my life. Elbow somebody say, work it, work it, work it, work it. You better work it like a part-time job. I work your current situation. Work your current financial situation. Work your current family situation. Everybody holler, work it. He said, you need to go count again because you have enough. You have enough. You have enough. Shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. All is well. Watch me. Watch me. Say, I am shalom. Every time you say that, it's not just a word, it's a prophecy. Which means you're speaking that over somebody's life. You're telling their future, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. All of it. That's why at Harvest, we use that word when we greet one another. Because what's up is telling me what's happening. Shalom is telling me what's about to happen. How you doing is telling me how you doing today. Shalom is telling you how you're going to be doing tomorrow. I need you to just speak life into three people around you. Watch me. Just speak life into them and say, Shalom, 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 Shalom. Three people, three of them, three of them, three of them. Shalom, 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 Shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. Oh, 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 oh. Well, Bishop, what about my kids? Oh, Bishop, what about my relationship? Oh. What about my family? All is well. So look at this. Look at this. This is heaven's attributes. So notice, notice, even as they were manifesting heaven's attributes in the earth, two fish, five loaves of bread, watch me, at first it looked like they didn't have what they needed. Everybody pay attention. God didn't send fish to drop out of heaven. Some of you all are waiting on something that there's no scriptural precedent for. He said, Lord, I'm just waiting to wake up one day and it'd be $2 million in my bank account. Or you could get out there and work what you got and get it. <clears throat> I'm going to say this and watch me. And if y'all don't respond, that's fine. Watch me. But for somebody, this is your word in this building and online. What if I told you the Holy Ghost just said, there's a seven-figure earner amongst us right now. That you're about to shift from six to seven. I'm not saying that to do anything else other than tell you what the Lord said. Open up your mouth and say, upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. I'm not saying be materialistic about cash, cars, and clothes. We're blessed to do what? Be a blessing. He didn't drop fish out of heaven. He didn't drop bread out of heaven. He said, take what you have because it's shalom. Take what you have because it's shalom. Take what you have because it's enough. And if you'll release what you have, it will begin to increase as you use it. I'm going to say that again slow for my note takers. If you will take what you have and use it, it will begin to increase as you use it. Here's what you want. You want everything up front. And Lord, when I see everything is done, then I'm going to do that. And God says, that's not shalom. Shalom says, what I have is my seed, and I will release it, because as I release it, I'll get harvest, which gives me new seed. See, watch me. I'm, I'm a farmer. 
I know how to sow and reap. So why do you not have to be worried about your future? You a farmer. You know how to sow and reap. Look at this. Look, then finally, righteousness. Righteousness means right with God and right to God. There are certain things that seem right to, or that are right to God that seem wrong to you. Like it didn't seem right that Joseph would have to be betrayed, but it seemed right to God. It didn't seem right that Jesus would have to go to the cross, but it was right to God. Why? There had to be the sacrifice of blood. Blood is the ultimate price a living thing can play for it, pray for anything. Watch me. There had to be a sacrifice. It does not make sense to some of you why you had to go the long route. But the Bible says he took the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. He took them the long route because had he taken them the short way, they would have saw warfare and given up. In other words, even the stuff that seems wrong to you, can I be honest, it's right to God. It, and part of manifesting the kingdom means there's certain things that seem wrong to you. You think it should be like this. And God is like, well, that's not the way that I think that it should be. Right? Say right with God. Come on, talk to me. Say right with God. Right to God. Look at this next part, and good character. Part of manifesting the kingdom means your words have to matter to you. Because, because your words matter to the atmosphere. Come on, I'm about to preach this. You ready? If your word means nothing to you, no wonder why it's so difficult for you to say the second half will be better than the first half because you know you don't keep your word. But when your character is good, when you say something like that, watch me, everything in you lines up to say whatever I got to do to make the second half better than the first half. Watch me do it. Say, Lord, make my words mean something. I, Right? So it's heaven's attributes in the earth. Number two, it's God's MO, his modus operandi, how God does what he does. Isaiah 55 and 9, God says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Now, this is important because God says, as far as the earth is from heaven, like I'm on a whole nother level of thought. I'm on a whole nother level of getting things done. Like, check this out. Let's just go back to two fish and five loaves. So God is like, okay, let me get that up off of you. Lord, it's, it's, it's so little. Lord, it's not a lot. But God says, watch me, to you. Neither is a mustard seed the biggest seed of the uh, herbs in the garden. But when a mustard seed gets planted, it becomes bigger than every other one in the garden. Which means you don't even know what to do with what you got because you think at a level that's way below. My ways are higher than yours. My thoughts are higher than yours. So God says, I do things on a whole nother level. Like, like I'm sitting at a different perspective. It's interesting because anytime um, you've uh, gotten on a plane, anybody ever flown on a plane in here? Wave at me. Online, wave at me. Okay, all right, check this out. So here's the deal. You ever, I like, I used to like sitting by the windows. Now I like getting off fast. I don't like all that. I don't need to see nothing now. I can Google it, all right? Put me on this aisle. So the moment, ding. Let's go. Let's go. I'm just telling you right now. You ever see me on a plane? Like, Bishop didn't say nothing. I sure didn't. I'm trying to get off this plane. I got places to go. I got things to do for a whole two hours. I ain't been able to be on this phone. I got to go. All right, now watch. Here's the deal. Um, when you're on the plane, have you ever looked out the window and something that was real big to you when you were on the ground, when you got above it, 
it almost was underwhelming because you were like, when I was down here, it was huge. But when I got up here, it didn't look like much of anything. And for some of you all, watch me, God's MO is I need you to change your perspective. I need you to look higher. That's what the Bible says. He seated us with him in heavenly places. What does that mean? My perspective's on a whole nother level. So sometimes, can I help some of you to be real practical? For some of you, watch me, to get God's MO, you need to step away from it because you don't see it right. Right? And some of you say, I just need a vacation. All right, I need you to learn how to build a life you don't need a vacation from. Because if you always need an escape, that means something feels like a prison. And nothing against vacation. I'm just saying build a life you don't need one from. Watch me, do it because you want to, not because you have to. But can I go deeper? Watch me. Sometimes what you have to do is take a moment, step back from the thing, get another perspective on the thing, and you're going to see that it looks very different. See, down here, give me a chair. Down here, down here, when I'm looking at this, this looks like a whole, it's a dirty, dirty mess. But when I get above it, the dirt actually doesn't look as big of a deal. In fact, because I've got another perspective, watch me, the dirt's not even what I'm focused on. It's this. I'm focused on what's growing, not what's dirty. And for some of you, watch me, God says, I need you to change your perspective because you're, you are down here, look at, oh, look at all this dirt. Look at, all, look at what they're saying. Look at what they're doing. But I need you to get higher and say, but he told me he'd make my name great. He told me that he'd make my name great and that he blessed those that blessed me and that he cursed those that cursed me. Say, I'm changing perspectives. Instead of saying, I'm a victim. Everybody just come against me. Everybody just do me wrong. Don't nobody do me right. Can I, let me tell you what Gertrude did. Gertrude, that's a new church character. Gertrude, she's from Harvest Missionary Baptist Church. We love everybody, right? All right, and let me tell you what Darlene did. Let me tell you what Shirley Nim did. Let me tell you what Jackie did. My church characters. Well, watch me. See, for some of you, your perspective is so off because all your conversation, watch me, is always ab ab about how you were done wrong. Instead of saying, but it was the best thing that could have happened to me. See, I don't see it from the dirt. I see it from up top. And when I look at it up top, without the dirt, I couldn't have grown. Without the dirt, I couldn't have matured. Without the dirt, I couldn't have developed. I need you to fist bump somebody next to you and say, you needed the dirt. Change my perspective. So this is what it means. When I'm talking about manifesting heaven's attributes in the earth, what it means, this, is this, is that I literally am operating from God's MO. He sits high, looks low. So, so God is like, I'm looking at this different than you. So it's not what you're looking at, it's how you see it. Imagine David. Can I give you one more example? Sure. David walks up on a giant. D David is a youth. And for some of you, stop saying you're too young. You may be young, but you're ready. David, David was a youth. And Goliath had been a man of war since his youth. In other words, he was fighting something that was more experienced than him. Oh, I'm going to come down somebody's row. Because your excuse has been, well, I don't have the experience. No, boo, you don't have experience. You got something better. You got preparation. I beat a lion. I beat a bear. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that dare defy the armies of the God, of the living God? So check this out. So David is not down here looking at Goliath. 
Because if he, if he was naturally doing that, like, it would be a whole situation. Like, that, Goliath was a big dude. But David changed perspectives. Watch me, because there was a king in him. Be good. Be a good church. Be a good church. Say, there's a king in me. There's a king in me. Because there was a king on the inside of David. David looked at Goliath and took a whole nother perspective. He said, you think that he's too big to beat. Watch me. I think he's too big to miss. You think that he's too big to be defeated. I think that he's too big to stay on his feet. Watch me take him down. And for some of you, in the second half of 2021, every giant you've been facing is about to come. Just for those of you that know you got some big stuff you're about to knock down. On three, I need you to release a praise. One, two, three, go. Come on. You coming down, coming down, coming down. Down. Say yes, Lord. Let's go. We're almost done. Here we go. Watch me. Thirdly, here's the kingdom. It's becoming who God says we are and possessing what God said we can. Now pay close attention to this. Um, you are becoming. You are not who you used to be. You're not yet who you are fully going to be. You're always becoming. And pay attention. That's always going to be your process. The moment you get saved, give your life to the Lord, become a Christian, make a decision, get born again. All of a sudden now, God says, I am going to start making you into what I've ordained for you to be. You're becoming. Pay attention. The kingdom is perpetual progress. If you're the same today as you were last year, the last 12 months, you have not manifested the kingdom. If you think the same today, like if the same thing ticks you off today and you ain't learned how to fix it or watch me, watch me. You, can I help you out with something? I heard an amazing quote that I loved, that I loved. I heard it yesterday. I love it. It says, either you change the people around or you change the people you're around. I'm going to let it sit on you for a second because some of y'all missed it. Either you change the people you're around or you change the people you're around. If you still think the same way, act the same way, move the same way, and there's been no progress for 12 months, you have done nothing but be saved but not manifest the kingdom. And you're sitting next to somebody that's manifesting the kingdom. How do you know? Revelation 5.10. And he has made us to be both kings and priests, spiritual and successful. I can pray and I can slay. I can do ministry and have money. Y'all. Uh-uh, you ain't finna sit on me when I say that. I need you to say I'm a king and a priest. I say I'm both of them. I'm both. It's not a choice. Like, because some people, some people, every great singer started in the church. Period. Every great singer started in the church. Okay? Beyonce got her start at the church. Whitney, God rest her, uh, uh, her soul, started at the church. You name me anybody great, they started in the church. What happened is, because they hadn't been taught kingdom, they thought, well, to do that, I can't also do God stuff. I can't be spiritual and successful. And I'm here to tell somebody you can do both of them. Matter of fact, you're supposed to do both of them at the same time. I can walk up in here and shout, and then I can walk out there and buy the whole store. I can give God praise in here and then go kill the game in business. Open up your mouth, say I'm a king and a priest. Now check this out. Check this out. He's made you to be that. He's ma- God says, this is, this is who I'm making you into. So what am I becoming? This. Spiritual and successful. And success, please do not ever make success only about money. 
Do not ever make success about cash, cars, and clothes because it's bigger than that. Success is doing the thing that you were sent to do, and when you do the thing that you were sent to do, everything you chase chases you. Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom, and all these things shall be added unto you. I need you to make this declaration. Say, I'll never chase cash, cars, clothes, or material things. Say, they chase me. Oh, God, I need some believers in this building and some believers online. Somebody say this. Say, I'm a king and a priest. Now, pay attention. This is who he's making you to be. A priest is one who went to God on behalf of the people. A king is one who rules a domain. God says, I'm making you both of them. I don't just need you shouting in church, but you don't run nothing out there. I don't just need you jockeying for a title and position in church, but you don't run nothing out there. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me today. Say, I'm a king and a priest. Look at this. He's made us kings and priests to our God. Watch me. And we shall reign on the earth. You grew up in church. Here's, here's, here's what you thought. That you get saved. Watch me. And then you get in church. Be ye separate. True. Okay. Oh, that's true. Okay. But, but how is the world going to be changed? If the only thing you're doing is focused on the fact, well, I'm safe, but you were sent to save. Well, I'm changed. Well, you were sent to change. We have a whole body of Christ that is obsessed with the afterlife. And that is important. You should live your life in a way that if it was to end at any moment, you can rest assured how that would end up. Do you got what I'm saying? Like, but I don't want to discount the importance of that. However... Jesus said, why are you worried about the afterlife? And you are not maximizing this life. Which means I'm not trying to die to get over to heaven. I'm bringing heaven down here. So when we say heaven's attributes in the earth, what did I teach you on Wednesday and last Sunday? Where did he put that? In you. So literally God sent you from heaven with him. Watch me. He sent you to the earth to transform the earth to look like where you came from. You're supposed to make it look like where you came from. See, your life did not begin at conception. This is why God says in Jeremiah 1, before I formed you in your mother's womb, which means, watch me, I picked what womb you'd come in on. Can I go here? I even picked who was going to be the sperm you rolled in on because I needed somebody in that bloodline to be the curse breaker in that bloodline. I needed somebody in that bloodline to be the interruption to the dysfunction in that bloodline. Everything about you has been specific. So watch me. We were born to manifest the kingdom where? In the earth. So look, Revelation 11 and 15. The kingdoms of this world. And I've been teaching you that there's these seven kingdoms. So everybody understands what you were born to do? Four of y'all said that. Everybody understands what you were born to do? Okay. Because see, listen, I need you to stop getting so caught up in trivial, foolish stuff that you spend your life majoring in minor things. Watch me. On three, holler shift. One, two, three. What, what, what are you shifting to? You're shifting from just being saved to manifesting kingdom. You're shifting from just coming to church to being the church. On three, holler shift. One, two, three. 
And the kingdoms of this world, there are seven kingdoms or, or societal spheres in the world. The first is arts and entertainment. How many people are in arts and entertainment? When I say yours, just wave at me. Online, do the hand wave emoji, say it's me. Here we go. Arts and entertainment. All right, business, church and spirituality, family, education. Some of y'all didn't put your hand up for church. You're literally in church. Some are like, I don't know. I ain't no pastor. <laughs> How are you going to be in the building and talk about, mm -mm. <laughs> Some of y'all streaming. Come on, let's go. All right, education. All right, government, media. I take this out. You have been sent to one of those kingdoms to take it over and make it his. Which means, it, I was saying this yesterday on my preview, it's great that Jeff Bezos has got a billion dollars, several, many, hundreds of billions of dollars. Hey, Jeff. I know you're going through some things in life. You need a pastor. Everybody needs a shepherd, listen. We take a new sheep. I want you to know, Jeff. God bless you, son. Listen. But pay attention. Listen. Look. Look, look, look. Every sphere we're supposed to take over and dominate. Now, now, listen. I was saying it's great that Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson and Elon Musk and all these people, these names I call it, they're going to space. And they're, you know, they're doing all of that. And, you know, they just, you know, just give him what Jeff Bezos ex-wife gave, I think, something like $30 billion or something last year to charities. I said, well, put us on the list too, baby. I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, watch me. Watch me. That's great. But here's my question. And I'm not saying they're not saved. I'm not saying they're not Christians. I don't know they walk with the Lord. Here's what I do know. Is when are God's people going to rise up and be the ones that make it happen? It's quiet right through there. Like, it's nice that, that, that these music artists sell out stadiums, but when are God's people? I... Look, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ is a title. Like, Jesus' last name is not Christ. So, Jesus Christ, like, that's not his last name. Christ is a title. It, it comes from the word Christos in Greek, Moshiach in Hebrew. Greek is New Testament. Hebrew is Old Testament. It means the anointed one, his anointing, his anointed. Let's break it down. The anointed one. That's the Lord. His anointing. Watch me. That means to get an anointing, an olive has to be crushed. Watch me. You are anointed and don't even know it. Because you think the only anointing is to have a mic and stand behind the pulpit. There's an anointing to do what you do when you do what you do, how you do. You're anointed for business. This is why some of y'all, you can sit down and other people are stressed out. You'll be like, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. You're anointed for that. You're anointed for business. You're anointed for education. You're anointed for media. You're anointed. How do I know I'm anointed? Because the only way you get oil is you have to first crush an olive. Let me ask you a question. Where have you been crushed? Because I'll tell you where you're supposed to conquer. Listen, yesterday, I told them at the 9.15, um, I called myself grocery shopping. And I, I, I sure did. I bought all kind of stuff. I'm about to go take it down to the food bank because I know I ain't even finna use oh, I'm just standing in line, click, click, click. I said, I don't know what I'm doing in this store because I ain't going to eat half of this stuff. 
I got a sign in my kitchen that says, keep the kitchen clean, eat out. <laughs> I was so mad when I got in the car, I was like, I'm going to take all that back. I did, this is, because I go in the store and I start looking. It's a lot of judgment in this room and I'm here to, Sons, keep the house. Listen, they're looking a little judgmental at me. <laughs> I st so I start putting together stuff. I'm like, this would be, oh, wow, that's going to be great. Yeah, I'm going to do that for lunch and do that for I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm going to get the same order I get every single <laughs> So anyway, so look. So I walk down, and I'm looking at the olives. Because when I go to the store, I go through every aisle. See, I had a list. Anybody else can relate? Like, you went in there to get three things. Two baskets later. You buying stuff for 2023. Yeah, when we do that cookout on the 4th, this is a good price. Charlie got it for $1.99 a hot link. I'm going to get it like. The olives, y'all, black olives, Kalamata olives, green olives, all these olives. The most expensive olives I saw was about $2. Then you get to the, to the olive oil section. Same thing, watch me, but one has been crushed. It's the same thing, but one of them got crushed and it produced the oil. The oil is way more expensive than the olive. Let me see if I can help you figure out. Every area of your life you've been crushed. I know it was painful. I know it was difficult. I know it hurt you. But can I tell you there's some oil in that area of your life? Elbow somebody next to you say, you look oily. You look, you look like you've got an anointing on your life. You look, what is the anointing? It's God's grace. It's his super to your natural. It's his favor. You make it look easy. Why? You're anointed. I need all the anointed people to release a praise for five seconds. Go. Five, four, three. Come on, anointed people. Two. Come on, anointed people. One. Holla, I'm anointed. This is why somebody else can look at what you do and say, I can never do that. That's because I got the oil for it. How do you deal with that? I got the oil for it. Fist bump somebody say, you got the oil for it. You, you've got the oil to be a mother. You've got the oil to be a single father. You've got the oil to be in business. You've got the oil to be an executive. You've got the oil. So look, so look, so look, so look, so look, so look, so look. You ready? Right, these seven kingdoms in the world, we are supposed to take over. So the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. The anointed one, his anointing, his anointed. Well, I just taught you who's his anointed. So let's read the verse again and let's see. Your response will tell me if you get it. If you don't respond right, then we're going to have to go back and start this verse all over again. And that's coming out of your time, not my time. You ready? The kingdoms of this world, all seven of them, why are there seven? Because seven is the biblical number of completion, which means, watch me, Jesus says, go ye into all the world. If I get all seven, I got the world. If I get all seven, we've got the... This is how you go ye into all the world. We got to take over all seven of them. They have become the kingdoms of our Lord. Who's that? Jesus. And of his Christ. Who's that? Us. Oh, come on. Back it up. The kingdoms of this world. All seven. 
have become. See, 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 check this out. See, see, God says, you, you, you're doing it, but I've already given you, let me say it another way. You think that you're actively taking possession. But the truth is, like the children of Israel, I told them, the land is yours. I just need you to walk in there and get that up off of you. See, some of you, you wouldn't even know you could be the chief executive because you're too scared to apply. You wouldn't even know that you could run something in government because you're too scared to run. I'm going to tell you, somebody say, it's already ours. We just have to take possession. You're sitting next to a history maker, a line crosser, a boundary breaker, a curse breaker. And you know what your neighbor was sent to do? To rule, reign, conquer, and subdue. So look, they have become. So God says, I've settled it. I just need y'all, my people, to get up off of just being saved. I need my people to get up off their blessed assurance and run that. For every person who's ever felt like you couldn't because if you, if you succeeded at natural things that somehow it made you less spiritual, it's not either or, it's both and. Have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Who's that? Us. So let's read this middle part. Have become the kingdoms of our Lord and, say your name. Some of y'all don't know your names. <laughs> Can I get you to say the name on your bank account? You want to make sure heaven gets it right. I need you to say the name that you're going to put on the deed. I need you to make sure it gets right. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. That's all right. I'll preach my own self happy. I need you to make sure you get this thing right. Say, they have become the kingdoms of the Lord and of say your first and last name you're not just some mistake you're not just some bump on the Lord you're just not some Johnny come lately you were sent to be a king and the priest spiritual and successful look at this next part and he shall reign how long forever he shall reign how long Forever. See, God's kingdom, because it's in us, it's not geographically landlocked. See, see, watch me. The United Kingdom, there's only territories where the queen runs something. She don't run none here. The queen of England, she doesn't run anything here. So she can come over here and say, y'all stand up, y'all do this, y'all do that. And they're going to say, listen, baby, you, watch me. Your kingdom is over there. You don't run anything over here. But because God put his kingdom in us, Wherever we go, wherever we go, wherever we step, I have brought his kingdom. So even if you step into a dark place, I arrest the room. For some of you, can I, can I explain to you why on your job everybody comes to you? Who am I talking to when I say that? Everybody comes. And you're like, would y'all just leave me alone and let me do my paperwork? 
it's because they saw a king. And when you see a king, you can't help but to request an audience. There's a reason people will gravitate to you. It's because they recognize something about you you may not yet recognize about yourself. So look, he reigns through us. Now, now, now check this out. And we need, let's shift. We're about to turn right. And we need church to train to reign. Check this out. You cannot reign if you do not first train. I like to study monarchies because I'm infatuated by all of that. I love that because it's, it's the nature of God. He's king of kings. Who are the other kings? Come on, can you say it like you know it? Because some of y'all was looking around. Now, who, now, I wasn't here for the first week. I don't know. <laughs> all right, take this out. So I'm infatuated with all of that. I love all of that. I like to study it. What's interesting to me is, is even if you read your Bible, um, you see this. But all throughout history, they would train from a young age that you, you are not like everybody else. You will one day occupy a throne. So from child age, from child, the age of a child, they are trained that one day you will reign. I need you to get it. I need you to get it. I need you to get it. From a child, they are trained that you've been set apart. You are different. So you don't get to fraternize with your subjects. Because you can't function properly in leadership if you value friendship more than leadership. Oh, God, I could say something right now. Watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me. They're trained from a young age to one day become king. They're given responsibility. They're given authority. They're taught how to sword fight. They're taught how to deal with obstacles. They're taught how to balance budgets and do diplomacy. They're little kids. Even in the scripture, you see little kids that took the throne. Kids under 10 that occupied the throne. I, 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 need, you, I need you to pay attention. I need you to pay attention. Your whole life, God has been training you. And part of why we come to church is that we train to reign. You cannot reign if you don't train. Say, I need, I need training. You can't just walk, I'm going to take over, but you don't know nothing. I'm going to be everything God ordained, but you don't, you've not been taught about how to handle it. Because if you've not been taught, watch me, if you've not trained, the moment it gets difficult, you'll give up. If you've not trained, it's like running a marathon, but you won't walk a mile. So look, say, I need church, I need church. to train, train. to reign. reign. Matthew 16, 18. Also, I say to you, you are Peter. Um, Peter had three different identities throughout the scripture. So he's known as Simon, Simon Peter, and Peter. Simon means snub nose, arrogant. Then he's known as Simon Peter. See, he's becoming. See, he's reaching forward to who he's becoming, but he's also still simultaneously still grappling with some of who he was. And I need for some of you to realize what you're in, is, which is why you feel stretched, which is why you feel different, is because you're reaching forward to who God's made you to be. What did he make you to be? Uh, you're reaching into that. Like your spirituality is on a whole nother level. You ain't been this faithful to prayer ever. I'm talking to somebody in here. You've not been this faithful to serve in church the way you do. You didn't even know there was such a thing. 
I'm reaching forward while simultaneously there's this other part of me that is being um, put to an end. So Simon, then Simon, Peter, and then finally Peter. Peter, Petros in Greek, it means rock. He says, Peter, I'm making you solid. I'm making you solid so that, watch me, so that when the wind blows, you won't be blown. I'm making you solid so that if something comes against you, watch me, you are so solid and you are so strong in what you do that you don't let the criticism of unfruitful people stop you. Somebody say, he's making me a rock. Come on. Didn't Chevy Trucks used to say, like a rock. He's making you solid. Why? So that when something goes wrong, you don't quit church, you don't quit God, you don't quit serving, you don't quit giving, you don't keep praying. In fact, you say, baby, I was born for this. Simon, Simon Peter, Peter. Look at this. He says, and I say to you, you are Peter. He called him out. He says, I'm going to tell you your name. Say my name, say my name. I'm going to tell you your name. You are Peter. And on this rock... I will build my church. Check this out. Well, what was the rock he was making? Peter. But what was Peter? He was somebody that God called out. Everybody look at me. God called you out. He called you out before you got here. That's why you never fit in with the cliques as a child. You never fit in with the cliques as a teenager. Watch me. Some of you right now, here's what you say. I'm just to myself. I'm kind of a loner. Can I give you better language to use? You're just consecrated. You're just set apart. You're just different. Why? God doesn't need you being contaminated. I, I wonder if there's anybody that can celebrate. Yes, you love people, but you also love yourself enough to where you can go. Lay your hands on yourself and say, I love me some me. I love me some me. He says, and on this rock called out people, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against. He says, listen, hell can try, but it won't win. Hell can try, but it won't win. Now, now, now watch this. Watch this. Y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? Now, now, check this out. Check this out. Church, here's literally what the word church means. Church does not mean building. Now, we call this the church, but the reality is, watch me. The church is really, from scripture, ecclesia is the word. Uh, it means called out people. So whenever we together, wherever we together, we the church. For those of you in Denver, we the church. For my online family, we the church. For my soon-to-be Atlanta family, we the church. Because it's the people, watch me, it is the movement, not the monument. And what the pandemic did was it gave us the ability to see that the movement was more powerful than any monument because for a while you couldn't get in the monument. It's called out people. And another term for called out people is sheep. Say, I'm a sheep. All right, now check this out. Every, let me give you help with this, Psalm 103. Know that the Lord, he is our God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Two things I need you to see from this verse. One, God made you. Not, not so he formed you, he fashioned you, but let me also help you. Like everything good about you, he made that. Like I know you can't, well, you know, I've got this job because of my amazing education. I went to an Ivy League school. I was trained amongst the best. Okay, look, well, how'd you get the money to go to that school? How'd you get favor with the admissions counselor to get in there? Because now you need to take it. Everything about you, he made you. Never think to yourself that you made yourself because it's the Lord that has made you. 
It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the what? Come on, left 15, come on. The what? Of his what? Of his pasture. So take this out. God calls us sheep. Well, guess what? Every sheep needs a shepherd. Every sheep needs a shepherd. So, uh, Hebrews 13 and 20. The great shepherd of the sheep, talking about Jesus. And somebody said, well, Bishop, I don't need no pastor because the Lord is my pastor. You a lie? Yeah, he's the great shepherd of the sheep. But watch me. He gives every sheep a human shepherd. Jeremiah 23, 4. I will. Who's talking? God. The great shepherd said, you need an earthly shepherd. So stop fighting the system. Stop resisting the system. Resistance is futile. Open your mouth and say, I need a shepherd. I, I will set shepherds over them who will care for them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. That means stress, nor shall there be any missing. That means lacking, declares the Lord. Check this out. Um, the shepherds uh, had a staff. As a bishop, we call it a crozier because a bishop's job is not just to cover people. A bishop's job is to cover those that cover. So you'll notice the crozier is filled in because the job of, the, uh, of a bishop is to not just cover people, but it's to cover those that cover. So it's the bishop's job to make sure that the body's whole. All right. Now, pay attention. I will set shepherds over them who will care for them. They shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall there be any lacking. Uh, now, check this out. Um, any area where there's fear, that's an area where you have not allowed it to be shepherded. What does that mean practically, Bishop? That means you heard a word about fear and you were like, hmm, that's good. And did nothing with it. Got it? Say, I release fear. Come on, let me get that up off of you. Let me get that up off of you. Let me get that up off of you. Open your mouth and say, I release every ounce of fear that's operating in me. Which means when a message comes, its job is to get fear out of you. So the shepherd would use the staff two ways. One, on the end, the shepherd would use the staff because sometimes the sheep would stray. So the shepherd would have to grab the sheep by the neck. More often than not, here's what the shepherd would do. They would put their, their staff out like this and the sheep would go under. The sheep, no, yeah, the sheep would go. Well, actually, since you want to do it, go on and do it. Come on, it's like the hula. Is that what they call it? Not hula. What's the thing? Limbo. Do limbo. Give me limbo music. Go back. See, watch me. I'm going to help some of y'all. Well, why we got to do this? And why this? And why that? Watch me. Because, watch me, you need to adjust to the shepherd. You need to adjust to the shepherd. All right? So, Let's go, let's go. He's so dramatic. All right. <laughs> he said, I can't get that little busy. He been and broke something. Listen, now I got to lay hands and heal him. Listen, it bossed me, it bossed me. The shepherd would put out their staff and their sheep would go under their covering. Which, which means, watch me, the sheep, literally the shepherd would put their staff out this way and the sheep would go under their covering, which meant that what they did, they were covered. But notice the sheep would have to adjust to where the shepherd set it. Other than that, they would, they would hit what they were supposed to be under. And for some of you, watch me, you are so used to challenging authority and challenging God's order that, okay, it's quiet. Look, he says, they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. 
nor shall any be lacking or missing. So the shepherd would put their staff out the way. Sometimes the sheep would kind of get off, so the shepherd would have to grab them and snatch them back. Limb 15. That's, watch me. That's why even when you try to run, But watch, but sometimes, sometimes the sheep would get off and start doing their own thing. The sheep would get buck wild. The sheep would just get buck wild. She would get buck wild. She would be doing their own thing. And sometimes the shepherd, watch me, the shepherd would have to strike the leg of the sheep. And in striking the leg of the sheep, it meant they broke the wheel of the sheep. And for some of you, watch me, God says, so you're going to keep trying to do it your way, huh? Stay on down there, then. You're gonna keep. You're gonna keep trying to do it your way. You're gonna keep trying to run. You ain't going nowhere today. I'm so glad he loves me enough to pop me in. Who can thank God that he loves you enough that even when you're trying to do your own thing, he knows how to break your will, break your will. I need you to open up your mouth and say, Lord, your will, not mine. I need you to give him praise that the second half is going to be all God's will, all God's will, all God's will. Go! Look, look, look. I will set shepherds over them who will care for them, and they shall fear no more. Say no fear, nor shall they be dismayed, stressed. If you have an area where you're always stressed, that's an area you're unshepherded. Like, like, if you always stressed about your family, can I tell you something? That's the area where you're not letting the word shepherd you. Because what does the shepherd's staff represent? The word the shepherd teaches. So I ain't, we ain't literally going up to nobody doing this. It's the word that comes forth. Then the word that comes forth becomes, watch me, it becomes what catches you, and it becomes what, boom, corrects you. And the Bible says because God's a good father, he chastises those, chastises those that he loves. So watch me, if there's an area of stress in your life, it's unshepherded. That means you're doing it your way. And God is not Burger King. You can't have it your way. If you're still praying about the same doggone thing, can I submit to you? It's an unshepherded area. And you can say, but bitch, I may never taught on that. I have taught about everything that can be taught about ever. All you got to do is go back through them archives. Go through that YouTube, go through that Facebook. Any question you got, I can probably tell on it. Why? Because my job as a shepherd is to make sure that the people have something that can cover them. But watch this because we're almost done. We're almost done. Y'all still with me? So now we live in a hybrid world where maybe you don't live in Denver or soon to be Atlanta and soon to be whatever other city we do after that. Oh, God. <laughs> Listen, we are bigger than our zip code. Now, now take this out. Take this out. Um, so now we live in this hybrid world. Well, maybe you don't live in Denver, but I'm your shepherd. Well, then you connect online. You get to the building when you can. If you're in Denver, now let me tell you for Denver people. No, mm -mm, no, let me, no, let me post up. Because if you're in Denver, how are you a digital harvester? <laughs> in Denver now. I know we got springs and other places. I, 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 that's an hour away. That's an hour away. 
But even so, look, just drive like your bishop. You'll be there in 20 minutes. Listen. Don't ask me how. I just count on the Lord. That's all. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Not 20. It takes 20 just to get over to that hill <laughs> where the traffic always stops. And then when you look at like, what is it that's stopping the traffic? Nothing. They're just driving slow. I said, y'all don't have nowhere to be, huh? Just driving. And see, me, look, y'all, I love the Lord. But if you drive slow and I find out wasn't no reason for you to drive slow, when I pull up next to you, Because I'm just trying to figure out what's going I'm not the only one who, I'm not the, I'm just trying to figure out why are you driving so slow? I didn't pull my shades up and everything, just looking in your car like, what, are they eating? Is something going on in there? If you don't drive. <laughs> and they don't be doing nothing. Just got their sunglasses on. Got your shades on, being cool, but they slow. You can't be cool and slow. I'm just saying. All right, back to the message. Listen, so we live in this hybrid world, on campus and online. So if you're in Denver, you usually get to the building. But listen, we live in a hybrid world. We have harvesters that are in Canada, that are in the Dominican Republic, in South America, in South Africa. In Australia, I say that only to say we live in a world now where, watch me, you are not limited to have to be in the same city as your shepherd. We have got people that lived in Denver for a while, found their shepherd, got transferred due to work, transferred due to military, but they are still online every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Monday. Why? Because when you find that voice, you attach to it and you follow it. You, listen, you can't stop me because I can't come in the building. Wherever I can hear the voice... Watch me follow it. So we live in a hybrid world now. I've had to adjust to that. Where we live in a hybrid world where I will run into people all the time. Hey, Bishop, hey, Bishop, hey, Bishop, hey, Bishop, hey, Bishop, hey, Bishop. Oh, my God, I love you, Bishop. Oh, my God, you my pastor. Oh, my God, Mr. Bishop. Like, I ain't seen you. But I'm your shepherd. Because we live in a hybrid world. Now, everybody check this out. We're almost done. So I want to answer this question because th this is the title of today's message. This is how church is supposed to I want to set you up for this because we all have these ideas of what church is supposed to be. I just want to go and feel good. Okay. But do you actually want your life to be good? Because that's good. That's good. You should feel good. But there's, there's more than that. Somebody said there's more than that. I just want to go and give God a praise. But does it take eight hours to give him a praise? I Watch, everybody watch. Say, this is how church is supposed to be. First Peter 2, 9, right, y'all. But you, you are a chosen race. So watch me, church folk, stop trying to be like everybody else. We've been chosen. We are supposed to set the trends, not let them set the trends. Got it, look at this. And can I be honest? Everything tries to copycat the church. Nightclubs are cheap copies of the church. I've given you this demonstration before. First of all, you get dressed to go. Watch me. And when you go into the club, you wear your best. 
Ooh, now that's a word. Let's move on. Some of y'all acting like you've never been to the club. So here's what we're going to do, just so that everybody f- doesn't feel judged or condemned. If you have ever in your life, in the historicity of your life, ever been to a club, a nightclub, a lounge, and bar, and club, or similar establishment, can you put your hand up in the building and a wave on the screen right there? All right, all right, all right, watch me. Even if you didn't, watch me, even if you didn't go in, you pulled in the lot. Talking about it's crowded in there. All right. Move on. Okay, let's go. I was going to say something. Move on. Let's go. It's a cheap copy. So people get dressed. They go. The music starts. And when they hear a song that they like, wait a minute. That's my, that's my song right there. That's my jam right there. And even if they was up against the wall, even the dude that's too cool, Even the people that don't dance and don't move, they'll be like. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Watch me. Watch me. When the music plays, the people dance. When the music plays, the people clap. When the music plays, the people rejoice. That's nothing more than a cheap copy of the church. And I wish some of y'all wouldn't have to be begged to praise him. But the moment you hear the song, wait a minute, that's my... And even if I don't know the song, that's my God. And I owe him praise. And I owe him praise. Say it. Then, then, watch me. Then, you walk up to the bar. I'm going to borrow this. I'm going to put it back. You walk up to the bar. You got the bartender serving spirits. If you ever looked at a liquor store, and I know you super saved today. But if you ever been to the queue, see, that's how you knew right there, because the people that knew the queue like, that's right, bitch, that's right, bitch, that's right. Remember the queue? It says wine and spirits. So you walk up to the bartender. Look, let me get a, I don't, now look, I don't know nothing about this. Let me get a, uh, a crown on ice. I, now listen, I, I just want to be a king and a priest. That's all I want to be. I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> I love my love 15. Ain't nobody like y'all in the world. We can go from high praise to crowning on ice. Listen. All right. So you go up, you go up to the bartender. Boom. You pay. Cheap copy of the tithes. <laughs> oh, look. It ain't God good. It's a 10. Listen. Watch me. And then while you up there, the bartender, so how's it going? What's going on in your life? Then you start telling the bartender your problems. <laughs> Sound like a cheap copy of a pastor. Yup. And then after the club, you go eat. 
Some of y'all would get out the club at two and three, talking about we going to Waffle House. I, some of y'all are looking like you ain't never been. Now, I know. Now, for those of you who haven't, I can relate. Because I, I was always giving God praise. I was like, I don't know nothing about this. I'm going to club. I'm going to church. Yanda Bashataya. No, it ain't even no joke. That's, but we finna go to the club. I said, I'm going to service, huh? Because I had a traumatic experience that I don't have time to talk about in church. But I mentioned, somebody said testify. Because <laughs> I told y'all, one time, one time I was at this house party. It was a house party. I told y'all, and I went into the house party, and I was very, my personality, believe it or not, like this is a man God has made. Because my natural personality, I was very shy. I was very shy. And so, you know, I'm in there, and I used to sweat really profusely. Do you understand what I mean when I say profusely? Okay. So I was in there like this. I was, like, just petrified. <laughs> and my girlfriend at the time, she was just, she was, hey, all this here. <laughs> I said, girl, if you don't come over here and make me feel good, stand over here so I don't, I'm the only one standing over here by myself. You over there kicking and hee-hawing. <laughs> I'm trying to preach the Bible. And her and her and her friend, they just over there having it and they doing their little thing and all that. And I'm just against the wall. I'm like, don't nobody come over here. Because I didn't want to come. And so then this dude, he, he comes over to me. I'm, I'm like, yeah, do you think this is a good conversation? And then he's like, you ain't never been to a house party? He said, oh, for real. Hold up, stop the music. I felt like how some people do in church. Wait a minute, give me. I got to go to the bathroom. So I'm standing, he's like, stop the music, stop the music. He's like, this is his first house party. I said, the spirit of the Lord is against you. <laughs> Satan, the Lord rebuke you. So then he called, it was a birthday party. So he calls the, the, the gal whose birthday it was. These are all church folk. He calls over and says, this is his first birthday part, or, uh, house party. He's like, we're going to teach him how to dance. School him. Look, I fell under the Holy Ghost. I was just like, oh, God. Yabba, <laughs> He had me in the middle of all them people. <laughs> this is why I love 1115. Look, he had me in front of all them people. And I'm so nervous at that point. And she trying to do moves and all that. And then, you know, I was a teenager. He like, break him off. I like, keep it to you. I don't, I don't know. No, baby, don't break me off nothing. I don't need nothing. I Keep all that over there. Keep all that over there. I don't know nothing about this. And my girlfriend over there, she's going she to come over here and start to just, I don't know nothing about none of this. And I was traumatized. I remember what I had on. 
I was a teenager. I remember what I had on. I had on a gray and black sweater, some black corduroys, these bad black shoes, too. It was amazing. Little zipper on the sweater, let my chain come down, you understand? I had my earring at the time. I looked like G-Money, you understand? But I was traumatized. I, I needed the Lord to touch and heal and deliver. So from that day forward, I just said, that's not, God ain't called me to do that. <laughs> I'm going to preach. I'm not <laughs> That ain't my call. All right, watch, 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 watch. Right, so look at this. You're a royal priesthood. Some of y'all forgot we was in church. <laughs> you forgot we was even talking about the Bible. Come on, be spiritual. Focus. Let's go. Chosen race. Say, I'm chosen. A holy nation. God, holy means distinct. God says, you're not like everybody else. Don't try to be like everybody else. You're not like everybody else. A people for his own possession, which means God says, I, watch me, when I tell you to do something, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you because I own you. Could you imagine your car? Now, maybe if you have a Tesla, maybe it does this. Any Tesla owners? I know we got a few Tesla owners. Any Tesla folks? Okay. Because maybe your car will tell you. I don't know. But could you imagine getting in your car? You know, push button. Hold on, you got to put the foot on. Push button. <laughs> See, even your car needs to be dominating. Yeah. You don't need no, no, you need, I pray you drive a dominator. Let's go, let's go. Right? Right. Could you imagine, you, and then you put it in, you put your navigation, you know, cracker barrel, you know. Biscuits. Jesus. Pancakes. Apple butter in the biscuits with melted butter. He touched me. Listen. So look, so look. Could you imagine getting in your car, turning on your navigation? We're almost done. Turning on your navigation, and and the car be like, mm -mm. you don't need that. <laughs> you don't need all them biscuits. <laughs> You don't need all that bread. Back up. <laughs> We're gonna take you to Jamba Juice. You don't need. You don't need all that. Could you imagine something you own telling you what it's not gonna do? Father, forgive us for ever thinking we could tell you what we are not going to do. When God, you own us. Open your mouth and say, He owns us. He owns us. That you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out. That means church, out of darkness. And hear me, church, darkness is different. Do not demonize somebody else's darkness because their darkness is different than yours. We, watch me. You don't get your life together to come to church. You come to church so he turns the light on. Turn the stage lights off. 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 Watch me. Watch me. See how I got it dark? See how I got it dark? All right, watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Turn them on. I need you to pay attention. The darkness didn't argue with the light. I need you to hear what I just said. So God says, every time you turn to come to church, you had some areas that were dark. But when you heard the message, it turned on the light. Maybe your marriage was dark. But God says, I'm going to give you a word to turn on the light. Maybe your finances were dark. But I'm about to turn on the light. Maybe your emotions were dark. But I'm about to turn on the light. Somebody say, light it up, God. Light it up. Look, 
It's a constant call out of darkness. That's what you were into light, what you should be. And you can't stop even if the process gets messy. So if you look real quickly on the stage, we're done. Watch me. This is you. This was you. This is who you were when you came to the Lord. So the Lord's like, look, now I, I, need, you to, I need you to be more. I need you to do more. Because what's the third attribute of the kingdom? Becoming who God says you are, possessing what God says you can. Watch me. This can't be set out in a luxury home. It can't possess a luxury environment because of how it's packaged. But watch me. If I get it out of that packaging and I get it into something else, watch me. It's not only becoming, but it's also possessing something different. So God is simultaneously changing who you are so you can change what you have. And I need you to speak this over your life. Say, in the second half will be way better than the first half. But look, but look, but look, but as he, as he, as he grows, as he matures you, watch me, God doesn't make lateral moves. He goes from faith to faith, not faith from faith. Okay, so God says, I'm not interested in, in the second half. See, if this is the first half, I'm not interested in the second half being like that. Because that's a lateral move. Come on, that's a lateral move. God, God says, instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to upgrade your life. But to upgrade your life, watch me, I got to take you out of that and I got to get you into something bigger. Let me see if I can get you to praise off of this. This was your first half of 2021, but this is your second half of 20. Every area of your life will be bigger and better for God's glory. Come on, y'all, let's go up. Say, God, get the glory out of my life. Say it again. Say, get the glory out of my life. Say it again. Say, get the glory out of my life. So watch me. So watch me. Two, three steps I need to give you. Plant, serve, and seek. Here it is, Psalm 92, 13. Those who are planted. See, we come to church to train the rain. All this, look, see all this dirt? This is a messy process. Growth is messy. Growth isn't clean. Can I prove it to you? You ever been moving from one place to another place? And as you started to pack your current place, you were like, what is all of this stuff? You're like, how do I have all of this stuff? And you'll be there, I only need about five, six boxes. That's what you needed for the kitchen. Watch me. You've accumulated all these things. So, so what happens is the process of growth it's messy. When you move into a new place, it, it's messy. There's some stuff you got to throw away, some stuff you got to keep, some stuff you can't wear no more because it no longer fits you. There's some emotions that don't fit you anymore. There's some mentalities that don't fit you anymore. There's some friendships that don't fit you anymore. But this growth is messy. It's messy. But what does the scripture say? Psalm 92, 13. But if you're plant in the house of the Lord, so while I'm growing because I'm planted in the house of the Lord, watch me, my roots are going down. And because my roots are going down, even though my growth is a messy process, it's not perfect. There's some days your Christianity is going to be on 10. There's some days your Christianity, you're going to be like, God, dog. The whole night you're going to be repenting. Your father, forgive me for this and forgive me for that and forgive me for this and forgive me for that and forgive me for that and forgive me for this. But watch me, that's part of your process. I need you to thank God that you may not be where you want to be, but you can thank him that you're not where you used to be. 
And if you get planted in church, what does the Bible say? You're going to flourish in the courts of our God. You sit next to somebody that's about to flourish. Why? They got planted. Elbow somebody say, I'm about to flourish because I got planted. And I'm training so that I can reign. So look at this. Look at this. Then 2 Chronicles 31, 21, we're done. Look at this. It says, and in every work that he began. So once I get planted, once I get planted now. So for some of you, I'm your shepherd. Plant. Plant. Just plant. But I'm just seeing what the Lord. What, you know, can I, be, can I say something real bold? People spend more time praying about who their shepherd is than they do who they sleep with. It was bold. Then 15 just got quiet right there. They're like. Bishop, this is really upsetting me and my homegirl. Because we feel like if you can't go to Bella Noches. (laughs) Sheep know the voice of their shepherd. So when you hear the voice, you follow the voice. It's not that you even understand the vocabulary of the shepherd. Because, watch me, when God's upgrading you, he gives you an upgraded shepherd. So he's going to speak at a level, watch me, that you ain't heard before. He's going to teach you about things you've never learned before. He's going to expose you to stuff you've never been exposed to before. He's going to stretch you and pull out of you what nobody else have the ability to pull out of you. So it's not about the vocabulary, it's about the voice. Watch me. So, and in every work, watch me, but after you plant, look, and in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, so not only did he plant in the house of God, watch me, he began to serve the house of God. In the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all his heart. Say serve and seek. Say plant, serve, seek. Say it with me, plant, serve, seek. See, a lot of people say, I'm just seeking the Lord. Well, let me tell you how God says to seek him. You seek him when you serve him. You seek him when you serve him. And for some of you today, I want to invite you to step in. And if I'm your shepherd, plant. And if you're planted, serve. Got me? And look at this. And if you're serving, do it with your whole heart. Because watch me, God is not impressed. Remember old school church, remember what they said, 99 and a half. God is like, what do you want me, to, what you want me to do with that? Give me all of you. Give me all of you. Stop treating it like it's a, I own you, so why do I have to beg you to do something for me? Say, Lord, I give you my whole heart. And look at the last part of the verse. Here's, here's where you're at. So he prospered. So he prospered. So he prospered. So he prospered. Say your name. Prospered. Y'all, I got to quit because I'm way over time. But I need you to say your first and last name. Put it in the atmosphere. And say, so I'm prospering. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. All is well. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. All is well. Everybody, bow your heads, close your eyes with me in the building and online. 
If you're in here or you're online and you've never become a Christian, first thing you got to do before you can plant is you got to recognize that you need the Prince of Peace. So today, if you need to give your life to Jesus, this is your moment. On three, if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure. You're like, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure. Be sure. On three, in the building, I'm going to have you to wave your hand. Online, I'm going to have you do the hand wave emoji that says me. Thirdly, or secondly, excuse me, if you're like, Bishop, I, uh, I'm saved, but I need a shepherd. In a moment, I'm going to give you that invitation. But first, if you need to become a Christian, in the building, you're going to wave your hand. Online, do the hand wave emoji say it's me. You need to become a Christian, recommit yourself, Lord, or be sure. On three, respond. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. One, two, three. If that's you, respond right where you're at. Respond right where you're at. God bless you. Right where you're at. Right where you're at. Hallelujah. Everybody, pray this to me in the building online. Say, Father. Remember, online, do that hand wave emoji. Say, it's me. Don't miss this moment. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. I confess with my mouth, and I believe with my heart that you are my God. I love you. I give you my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Take out your phone. Text decision 877-552-4746. Do that right now. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to the number 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you. In the app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologists recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's.